You are listening to the Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 137. This is the Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At the Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing, and you should too. Well, hello everyone. My name is Scott Wellens and I'm your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. Now, this is a show dedicated to helping real people, that is you, my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, a wealth advisor, a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro, and it is great to be with you today. Today's episode is How to Do a Budget. And if this is your first time listening, thank you for joining us at the Best in Wealth Podcast. And if you're a longtime listener, it is great to have you back. Now, before we get to the topic of the day, just wanted to talk a little bit about the financial markets. We're entering the month of February 2020. We're on a bit of a roller coaster ride, aren't we? I mean, even the end of last week down to late last week when the markets were down, then they were massively down on Monday. The China market was down 8% in one day, enough to get you worried, enough that it makes you feel a little bit out of control. And there's really nothing worse, is there, than feeling out of control, Kind of like, what? When I met my wife for the first time, we met on a blind date at a bar. And let me tell you, I was head over heels for her. I liked her so much. I felt like I was out of control. You know, I'm teaching the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University at my church. We just got through lesson number one, which is saving $1,000 in your starter emergency fund. And it's just awesome to provide motivation to people, some of them anyway, that have a lot of debt. And when you have a lot of debt again, you start to feel out of control. But my job, well, mostly Dave Ramsey's job, but my job is to provide motivation and encouragement so that soon enough, these people and you will feel in control. That's what I aim to do in the Best in Wealth podcast. Make you feel in control. Let's get to the topic of the day. All right, here we go. Topic of the day, how to do a budget. Now, before you turn the podcast off, hear me for just a minute. I'm going to just give you seven easy steps for you to implement the best budget you've ever had in your entire life. And I know you're asking me, Scott, I don't need to do a budget. I'm not in debt. I'm saving for my retirement. I'm doing just fine. And you know what? When I first became a financial advisor 
a financial planner. When I first got my my CFP license, my certified financial planner license, I was a little tepid with people around this whole budget thing. And incidentally, I don't even like to call it a budget. I like to call it a spending plan because that's really what we're doing. But I was a little nervous talking to people about whether or not they had a spending plan or a budget because if they didn't and I asked them to do one, I felt like I was asking them to do this big job this big job of building a spending plan and they didn't even know where to start. They didn't feel like they had to start. So I would approach people and say, well, I don't know if you really need a spending plan. If you're out of debt, if you're saving, do you really need one? Well, I'm done playing Mr. Nice Guy. (laughs) Well, with you anyway, because I feel like everybody needs a spending plan. My daughter, who's 21 years old, does not make a lot of money at all. She's in college. She needs a spending plan. Those that just get out of college and have debt and college debt, they need a spending plan to get control of the spending. Those who are in a lot of debt, massive consumer debt, oh man, do you really need a spending plan? Those people who are debt-free and saving at least 15% of their income. Oh, you too. You need a spending plan. Those pre-retirees that are just a, a little ways away from retirement, guess what? You need a spending plan. You are about to go on some sort of a fixed income. Boy, do you need a spending plan. And those that are in retirement, you really want to take control of your life and your stewardship and your money. You, you need a spending plan. I think I just covered everyone. I didn't cover my fourth grader, Eva. All right. She doesn't probably doesn't need a spending plan either. But really, when she gets a hundred bucks on her birthday, that sucker is gone just like that. You know, maybe she needs one as well. And I'm going to help you with seven easy steps to build the budget, to build the spending plan. So let's get into number one. And if you're single, don't worry about rule number one. You can already cross this off the list. But if you are married, if you have a significant other, you need to know that the first rule is you both need to participate. Now, as Dave Ramsey would say, there's one nerd, there's one free spirit. The nerd is actually building the spending plan. The free spirit is showing up to the spending plan meeting. I like to call it with my wife, the monthly summit. I'm the nerd. She's the free spirit. And Dave Ramsey has a couple of rules for nerds and free spirits. The biggest one being you both need to participate in the budget meeting. The nerd is doing most of the work, but the free spirit, you need to make a change. You need to talk about what you think is going to work and not work in the spending plan. You need to play a role. Okay, that's rule number one. Number two, or the second point, is we need to make this a $0 budget. We're going to budget, create a spending plan for every single dollar you make. 
as Dave would say, every dollar has a name on it. We're not going to budget most of the dollars or we're not going to create a spending plan that has more money going out than has coming in. We're going to put a name on every single dollar. Okay, so far, so good. Now comes the actual manual labor for the nerd. We need to list out your expenses in categories. Think about everything you spend your money on on a monthly basis. This includes anything that has to do with your your mortgage or your rent and utilities, anything that has to do with your vehicles, your food, your clothing, your entertainment, your gym membership, your Netflix membership, everything that comes out during the month. This will include your giving and your savings if you're doing it outside of, let's say, your 401k. So when we're making the spending plan, we're putting a name on every dollar of your net take-home pay. We know you have a gross pay. We know that you got money going to your 401k, Social Security, federal taxes, all that stuff. Not worried about that. We're worried about creating a spending plan for all of those dollars that come home. And I'm going to give you some guidelines that Dave gives in his Financial Peace University on what should be put in each category, the percentage of your take-home pay. But this is by no means an absolute. You may be vastly different than these percentages. This is just a guideline. And Dave likes to start, and I like the way he does this, start with giving. And Dave is pretty open about saying when you're in a lot of debt, you start, you still give a little so that later you can give a lot. But a good guideline for giving would be 10%. Next is savings. Now, if you follow Dave Ramsey's baby steps, you might be at 15%, but wait, some of that might be going out of your 401k. So maybe your savings on your take-home dollars are zero because you're already saving 15%. Or maybe you're a business owner. There is no 401k plan. So we want to put the savings at 10 to 15%. Next is food. The food category ranges but a good guideline is 10 to 15% of your take-home. Mortgage or rent, 25%. Those that spend a lot more than 25% on their mortgage or rent, they find that there's not a lot of money to spend because their take-home dollars are getting eaten up by the mortgage or the rent. Now we have utilities, a good guideline, 5 to 10%. Vehicles, and I'm talking oil changes, gas, etc., that don't include actual car payments, come out to around 5 to 10%. Then there needs to be fun money, has to be. In my spending plan, my wife and I call it the flex fund. There's a item on our list on our spending plan that says Scott Flex and there's a certain number of dollars that I get every single month and nobody I mean nobody can tell me what to do with that money that's my money I can do what I want with that money and my wife has the same 
She has a flex fund or a fun money account that is all hers. That could be around 5%, depending on what's going on in the rest of your spending plan. Clothing, 5 to 10%. Entertainment, 5 to 10%. And unless you're a very meticulous budgeter, you're going to want a miscellaneous line item of 5 to 10% because there's always those gotchas. There's there's the kid's birthday party that they got invited to from a friend and they need to bring a gift. There's so many different gotchas that can happen during the month. And don't forget the things like health insurance, gym membership, kid stuff. My good Lord, the kid stuff. Kids are so expensive. It's unbelievable. But make sure everything is in there. That's step number three. And remember, it's not going to be perfect. It's going to take you at least three months to get this thing down. It might take you six months to turn this spending plan into a well-oiled machine. That brings me to step number four. Step number four is so important. Step number four is to go back to your list. And now we need to add up all of your irregular expenses. What do I mean by that? Irregular expenses. I'm talking about those bills that come in the mail that don't happen every month, such as possibly your car insurance, your water bill, Christmas gifts, birthdays for the kids, birthday parties, all of those things, filters for your furnace and your refrigerator, property taxes, all of those things that happen on an irregular basis, meaning not on a monthly basis. I want you to add all of those up and divide by 12 and call this an escrow account. I want you to escrow this money on a monthly basis. Let me tell you what I mean. Let's say you add up all of these items, comes out to $12,000. Trust me, it's going to add up, especially if you have property taxes in there. And that $12,000 now, we're going to divide by 12, and we're going to put a line item in our spending plan as $1,000 for the escrow. Now I want you to make a separate spreadsheet of all of those irregular expenses. And on month number one in January, whenever you're starting this, you're going to put $1,000 in a separate account at some point during the month. Now during that month, something from that irregular spreadsheet you may have to pay for, such as the water bill. It might be $200. Now we're grabbing that from the savings account. We're putting it into our spending plan because that's our budgeted line item for our irregular expenses. Some people put vacations in the irregular expenses. If they plan on spending $6,000 on vacation during the year, we're going to slowly accumulate that $500 a month inside of part of our our escrow account. And if we do this to a T, guess what? We don't really need this miscellaneous line item or the miscellaneous line item can sit more like the 1% to 2% range because we're thinking about all of those things that happen in an irregular way and we're putting them up in the escrow account. 
And at the end of the year, that escrow account should be zero. The only place where you might run into some problems with the escrow account is if you add up all these escrow items, let's say $12,000, and in January, you're budgeting $1,000 into the escrow account, but you actually need $2,000 that very first month before you've accumulated some money. So generally, we want to fund that escrow account with a certain number of dollars, let's say 5,000 or 2,000, and then at the end of the year, you should be back to that original balance. I hope that makes sense because this is a budget buster for a lot of people, this irregular expenses, but once you have it, you just put that escrowed line item up on all of your other monthly expenses. And now you're accounting for all of this stuff that can kill a spending plan. All right. Step number five are the budget adjustments or the spending plan adjustments. When you're done putting everything in there, you need to add things up. Did I budget every dollar? Did I budget too many dollars? Or is there money left to budget? It's the difference between building wealth and trying to just balance the spending plan so we don't go into debt. Because the biggest thing you need to plan for, which I didn't even mention yet in these line items, is your debt. So if you have debt, car payments, credit card payments, school loan payments. We need to get that up into the budgeted line item. And then what happens is these debts steal from you. Because if you have $1,000 worth of debt payments, now we got to take $1,000 out of the spending plan somewhere to pay for this debt. Chris Hogan says debt is a thief. They steal out of these categories that we want to fund, like giving, like savings, like entertainment, saving for the kids' college, all of these line items. If you have a lot of debt, they will steal out of your other categories. So get that debt worked in there and then start trimming if you've budgeted too many dollars now, start trimming in some of these categories. It's going to hurt. If you wanted 10% in entertainment, but you have debt, now you only have 5%. Guess what? You're not going out as much. Sorry. I know. But hopefully that provides a ton of motivation for you to get out of debt, to get that entertainment line item back to 10% again. And here's the flip side. For all of you people who don't have debt, and you're looking at the bottom and you're trying to budget every dollar and you've you've filled in these categories you know how much you spend on things like entertainment and clothing and gym memberships and your car and there's there's money left sometimes a couple hundred sometimes many thousand this is where it gets really fun this is where we really start to build our wealth because now we can put a name on these dollars that otherwise you might have just spent it might have just happened in your entertainment or clothing or whatever but now you're putting a different name on it and that different name might be more giving or more savings to 
truly build wealth so that we can be financially free and don't need to worry about our job to bring income to our life because we've already been set free. Budget adjustments, that's number five. Number six is once you have that spending plan done at the beginning of the month, guess what? You can't just sit there. You can't sit on your hands and wait for the month to be over and look at your credit card statement or debit card statement or bank statement to see how you did because (laughs) it's too late. The month is already gone. There's nothing you can do about the spending plan if you're not proactive. How do you become proactive is all of these items that you put on a list in a spreadsheet, wherever you put it, now you need to track those expenses. Every day, I hope. And there's many different programs that can help you. Now, I'm a little biased because I'm a Smart Vester Pro. I teach the Dave Ramsey class. I use the every dollar budget. I love the every dollar budget. You can look that up. You can download the app to your phone. There's a web-based program right on your computer. Uh, The only catch is that it's free unless you connect things like your debit cards and credit cards. Then there's a cost of $99 a year. I feel like it's so worth it. And don't worry, I don't get paid anything for telling you this. I think it's so worth it because if I can put a name on every dollar, I'm going to be rich someday. I'm not worried about this $99 per year. By the way, the $99 for me goes into my irregular expenses that eventually ends up in my one escrow line item. You see how that works? So whether you're using the Every Dollar app or a spreadsheet or another program like Mint or Quicken or something, you need to track these expenses. I love every dollar because it's so easy just to slide categories over. It lets me know where I started, how much I've spent so far, how much is left. There's an app for it. So my free-spirited wife, when she's at Target, she can pop open her phone and she can see right where we are with our categories because I'm tracking them every day. If you remember, I did a series on goals or a podcast on goals not long ago, a few episodes ago. I will post a, a link in the show notes, but go there and listen to my episode on goals. One of them is I'm going to track my spending every day. Because the problem is, nerds, if you don't do it every day, these expenses, especially if you got a family, they start to add up quickly to the point where you become paralyzed. And you look in the Every Dollar app two weeks later and there's 50 transactions to put into categories and you don't remember what they're for. The only thing that I ask my free-spirited wife to do is if she goes to a place like Target or Costco that she writes on top of the receipt what category things go into. Because I don't know if she's buying something for flex or if it's something for the kids' clothing or if it's groceries or household She knows when she's buying it, and if she writes it down that day and puts it in the receipts folder, I don't require her to give me receipts for everything, only for those items that that need to be split out on a certain run to the grocery store that might have 
other items in there besides just groceries. She puts those into a little folder that we have and now I can easily split that transaction in every dollar to put into multiple to put into multiple categories. It's beautiful. But nerds, you got to track the budget. You should do it every day. You should set a goal to do it every day. Be proactive, not reactive. Otherwise, you don't need to go through these steps to begin with because it's not going to matter because you're just going to be reactive. Number seven, oh man, this podcast is going to be long. I got I to gotta shut things down here. The very last one is number seven monthly meetings, monthly summits. Get it on the calendar. So on the first day of every month, nerds, you're going to bring the budget, the spending plan to the free spirit, and you're going to work on it together. In free spirit, you're going to make a change. Set a meeting in your calendars to repeat every month. And this is one of the most important meetings of your month is the summit. And as a little add-on, feel free and have little mini summits throughout the month. Have check-ins once or twice a month in case the free spirit is not looking at these categories. Now you can look at them because here's what happens in my world. If we are out of dining money and we want to go out to eat on a Friday night and it's the 28th and we don't have dining money because I know, because we're being proactive, or at least I'm being proactive, the nerd, we don't go out. Now, I'm not going to say that sometimes we don't steal from other categories, except for the most important ones like giving and saving. But for the most part, if the line item is dry, if it's zero, you're done. You're done with your flex. You're done with your dining. You're done with your entertainment. But here's the flip side. Here's the flip side. If you get to the 28th of the month and there's a lot of money inside of, let's say, your dining category, go have a party. Go party it up. Celebrate. Eat a good meal out and celebrate with your spouse or with yourself or with a friend because you're on track and you are in control when all you do is look around at your friends and your neighbors and they, (laughs) they are out of control. Here's what a spending plan has done for me and my family. Now, we've been doing spending plans for 15 years and I'm not here to tell you that it's been 100% perfect. I have lapsed in tracking expenses. We've blown out of some of our categories before and turned into the negative. We are not perfect. However, there's five big things that has changed the trajectory of our family. Number one, we are out of debt and we are free from the bonds of being in debt. Number two, my spouse and I, my wife and I, my beautiful wife, we don't fight about money ever. Number three, 
Having a spending plan has allowed me to put a name on every dollar, and some of those names were saving for a business, saving for my business that I started in 2011, Fortress Planning Group, that I never would have been able to do if I would not have had a spending plan. Number four, time with my family because I have my own business. I have more freedom. What I didn't have before, I have now. So I get to spend more time with my family. And finally, last but not least, and better than ever, I right now get to give like nobody else. And when I say that, I mean we are inundated right now on Facebook and social media about different people who have different problems. And some of these problems touch my heart and I wanna reach out and help in a meaningful way. And because I have a spending plan and I have extra dollars and I'm debt free, I can freely give when otherwise I would not have been able to. Man, I am so glad that you joined me this show, but my time is up. My time is gone. So I will see you guys very, very soon on the flip side. Bye-bye, everyone. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.